I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, your New York football giants take on the Minnesota Vikings at 4.30 in the afternoon. 4.40 p.m. is kickoff. Uh, on Sunday. Uh, Connor Rogers joins us on the show now. You can see him all over NBC Sports, also does a pre and post Jet show. So Connor, let's start right there. We've been talking about it for the first hour here on 98.7 ESPN, the fact that LaFleur has been uh, let go as the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Your thoughts on that decision and, and what you expect moving forward for the Jets? Right. There's a lot to unpack here. I think when you look at LaFleur being let go, it came down to a lot of different things. I think it's fair to look at LaFleur and say, hey, he's struggled in certain areas. They haven't developed the quarterback, although to be fair to him, I don't know how many guys would have had success in that spot developing Zach Wilson for these first two years. I think that LaFleur really struggled on opening scripts. The Jets were averaging less than a field goal in the first quarter of games. That's just, you got all week to work on those 12 to 15 plays. You got to come out and execute and It doesn't matter who's under center. Those plays have to get your offense going on the right track, and that was a problem all year long. And then clearly uh, there seemed to be some kind of divide, I think, a little bit, not across the entire locker room, but clearly there was uh, an odd relationship between LaFleur and Zach Wilson, and I don't know how much that extended to other players or anything, but the offense was bad, and there's reasons in Mike LaFleur's hands the offense was bad, and there's reasons out of his hands uh, of why they were bad. Now, I think if this was fully up to Robert Sala, no matter what they say, I think they would have ran it back with the floor next year, and that, I wouldn't have faulted them for that. A young guy learning on the job. They would have went out and got a veteran quarterback that he would have had a lot more success with. The question for me was, was the floor open to them bringing on a senior offensive assistant that would help construct game plans, that would have a bigger voice in the room, and would he be okay with them doing that? And if not did this ultimately lead to this kind of breakup and did they just avoid all of that and instead let LaFleur go, let John Benton go, an older voice in the room, the offensive line coach, and now they plan to make multiple hires and really just start this offensive staff with a clean slate. So a ton to unpack there. Ultimately, it feels like to me this is not the move Robert Sala would have immediately made, but it was one that it seems like he had to do. Um, with that being said, you know, what, what are, what are the next steps? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, Connor, but like, like jury was still out for me heading into this year. I, I, I just, I don't think Zach Wilson's it right. Like, like that's just, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe they do bring in another offensive coordinator. Maybe, I don't know. He finds like a new lease on life and, and, and how to properly quarterback and he comes out next year and does, I, I, I hope that like, I don't wish ill will on anyone. I just don't think Zach Wilson's the answer. So with that being said, what are what are you, what are you hearing? What do you anticipate in regard to this jets and their quarterback situation? There's going to be some, you know, Derek Carr's potentially out there. Jimmy Garoppolo potentially could be out there. We'll see how this whole thing plays out with Lamar Jackson and, and the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, how do you see this playing out next year? Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets in 2023? The crazy thing is, Anita, we might not even get the answer on Zach Wilson next year. I don't know how much we'll see him. I think it goes back to the points you just made, that they're going to attack the veteran quarterback market. 
The question is, what tier of it do they attack? Do they pick up the phone and do everything possible if we live in that seems like a dream world, Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers forever available? Do they aggressively instead go get their car, which is an earlier of the offseason option? Do they wait till free agency begins and they roll out the red carpet for Jimmy G? Well, LaFleur and Jimmy G had a relationship, so do you wonder if that's off the table now? I don't think so. I think they'll still look into Jimmy G. And ultimately, if I had to pick, it feels like the, the combo of Carr or Jimmy G is the most likely, which is maybe uninspiring in some ways. But I don't know if they're looking for a home run at quarterback. I think they're just looking to be competent. So, And then what I wonder is, Anita, if you go get – any of those guys, really, that have, that have all had injuries, guys get hurt in this league. Do you trust Zach Wilson as the number two quarterback on your roster? And I just don't know if they do, honestly. And then you, then you have to ask yourself, do they re-sign Mike White? Do they go sign Jacoby Brissett or Gardner Minshew as a high-end number two? I, this is a team that has to make the playoffs next year or else everybody's fired, in my opinion. And if you're putting all your hopes in one basket at quarterback, that guy gets hurt or at some point early in the season – and you go back to Zach Wilson, and the Zach Wilson of 2022 shows up in 2023, well, then you just set yourself up for failure and ultimately the end of your tenure, tenure in New York. So I think they're going to make a really, really hard effort to, at a minimum, get a Jimmy G or Derek Carr. But you have, I just, I'm curious what the ceiling of this quarterback move is if one of the stars actually hit the trade market for once. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Connor Rogers joining us now. You can see him all over NBC Sports, Jets pre and post as well. Let's turn our attention to the Giants. Their season is not over, Avi. Uh, Sunday, they take on the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings at home, favored by three. The over-under is 48 here. I like the Giants here. I've been talking about it all week. Uh, I like them on the money line at plus 135. I, I think they feel that they got robbed. You've got your finger on the pulse of this team as well. I know you like covering them. Um, your, your thoughts on this matchup for the Giants going up against Minnesota? Yeah, this is only one of two underdog money lines that I took all week. The Giants and I took the Bucks. Those are the two underdogs that I like this week to outright win the game. I, I think obviously the Giants have taken Minnesota down to the wire before. I think this will surprise a lot of people, but by the advanced metrics, Minnesota is actually one of the weaker teams in the playoffs, which is probably shock people when you think of their record. So I think the Giants have a legitimate chance. My biggest question in this game, Anita, is really can the Giants' secondary hold up against that Vikings passing attack headlined by the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson? And to be completely honest, I don't even think it's just on them. I don't think it's a situation where it's a yes or no. Can the Giants' front under Wink Martindale create enough pressure to get Kirk Cousins' feet chopping a little bit and force him to make some bad decisions, make some bad throws, or ultimately take too many sacks? So. I like the Giants in this game. I think Daniel Jones is doing enough against a defense that's kind of underwhelming in terms of playoff defenses. We know Saquon Barkley, what he can do. Uh, this kind of screams to me one of the overwhelming pick the, pick the underdog of the week here. And it's not just because I'm in the New York market, but it's because I think, honestly, as well, the Giants are probably the better coach team. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. They're more rested. Again, they rested their players in Week 18 against uh, Philadelphia. They're healthy. They're coming in. I want to say, I, I was listening, there's only uh, 60 plays that the that the defensive line has been able to play all healthy, all star, all four starters healthy. Um, and they're coming into this game healthy. I, I just, I, I love the Giants in this spot. I, I really do. I really do. Uh, another game that you are eyeing, 
uh, on uh, on Sunday is the Sunday evening game, and that's the Ravens going up against Cincinnati. Uh, reports, of course, we know th- from the Ravens that uh, that uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to play. Which, by the way, Connor, I think that actually is good. He hasn't practiced in five weeks. He hasn't played since December fourth. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is better than Huntley. I'm not. There, there's no question there. I just think he's he's. There's just so much rust that's going to have to wear off. That I just I think moving forward with Huntley, who didn't play last week rested, ready to go, I think gives the Ravens the better option. But because of that news, now the line is 8.5 Cincinnati favored. The over-unders at 40.5. Why does this game interest you? It interests me because I love the under in this game, Anita. I actually jumped on the under when it went down to 42, and it's only moved down since then, which tells you that the betters and a lot of the market and, of course, the odds makers are, are jumping on the under as well. For it to significantly move, a couple points throughout the week, of course, Lamar being ruled out because he's the rare singular player that brings points on his own to an offense. He, he really, really has that kind of star impact with his legs, with his arm. Going to the back of quarterback and Huntley, like you said, even if Lamar had played, the under started out low because there was even doubts of how effective this team can be if Lamar wasn't fully healthy and has not practiced, like you said, Anita. I, this, to me, is the kind of game that, it, all the flashiness of the Bengals' passing attack is what kind of suckers people into a lot of points. And don't get me wrong, I think Cincinnati will get theirs in this game. But if the Ravens' offense can't get anything going against that tough Bengals front seven, is this a game where Cincinnati gets theirs in the first half? And they and Zach Taylor loves to run the ball. The Ravens, they would prefer to run the ball to stay around this game. The clock gets moving. The time of possession is in Cincinnati's hands with the lead. That's still a lot of points. I mean, this not being in the 30s to end, or maybe it will end that way Sunday, is a little surprising to me. So I go under, uh, I have it at under 42, but it's still a 40 and a half, and I would still go under that low line. Uh, two quick prop bets uh, that you like as well heading into, let's let's look at one on Saturday, and that's the Chargers going up against Jacksonville. You like Eckler over 37 and a half receiving yards. I'm on that as well, especially now Mike Williams has been ruled out, right? So I'm with you. I, I think Eckler's going to be a big part of the passing game and something that the Jaguars have struggled with, uh, running backs utilizing the passing game. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I guess my question is, like, what's the ceiling here for Eckler? Like, what what are your thoughts on him, especially folks who might want to use him in DFS this week? He could have a huge day. I mean, number one, yeah, you nailed it. Jacksonville, they're linebackers. They're young. Chad Mooma's a rookie. Devin Lloyd's a rookie. Olua Khan's a veteran that got big money there. But you can throw with the, to your running backs against their linebackers. So I look at Eckler in this one, and, and that's what I was waiting on to really punch this one in. It was the Mike Williams injury, unfortunately. It just, when that happens, we've seen the Chargers a lot, a lot, Anita, without one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams throughout the last two years. And you can go into the numbers and look at what are they when one of those two guys are down. Well, yes, that means one of their receivers gets a bump, but really they like to take a lot of the piece of the pie and move it more to Austin Eckler. And why not? He's one of the best playmakers in the, in the backfield in the entire NFL, definitely in the AFC. So Jacksonville's defense doesn't scare me stopping him. This is a low number. Anything under 40, I absolutely would have hopped over on for his receiving yards. I would really be all over the entire Eckler prop market. But the center in on one, I liked how low they set the receiving yards. Last but not least, um, you've got a Buffalo Bills team going up against a Dolphins team. It's the first game on Sunday. A lot of people anticipating this to be a complete blowout. 
The Buffalo Bills are favored by 13 and a half. The over-under is 43 and a half. But you like a prop bet here for Josh Allen. What is it? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. His over-touchdowns line is set at one and a half. And you're not getting a ton of value because that's minus 165. But it just seems like a low number. I'd rather see it go to two and a half and, and be more in the plus money range. So I, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, you're playing that, that the Bills just really run over this Miami team. Here's the thing with the Bills. When they beat up teams, they don't care about stop about uh, the lack of you know needing to just run the ball to run the game out. They throw. They throw the ball with a big lead. They don't care. They're competent. They like to put their foot on the throat. Josh Allen will throw in this game. I've been pretty underwhelmed by the Dolphins' secondary this year. Byron Jones didn't come back. Xavier Howard does not look like himself when healthy. The Bills love to play Stephon Diggs in the slot. The Dolphins are playing an undrafted rookie who's been okay, but playing him in the slot – I think Diggs gets a touchdown, and I think one of those other guys, whether it's Davis, Knox, one of the running backs, I think Allen finds that second touchdown. So while there's not a lot of value, it just kind of screams free money to me. Love it. Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Always always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. Anita, always great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me, and enjoy the weekend. You got it. Connor Rogers uh, with some great insight in regard to the Jets. Let's open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776. What say you about the Jets? What would you like to see them do offensively, especially with not only their offensive coordinator, but uh, but also quarterback-wise? I would love to hear your thoughts. Connor Rogers again joining us. You can see him all over NBC Sports and Jets pre and post. We'll take your calls next. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play! Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Again, I love the Giants on the money line for a number of reasons. Number one, I think they feel that they should have won the first time around. Uh, of course, they had a, a block, they got one of their punts blocked. And then, you know, what are you going to do? 61-yard field goal. How often does that happen in the NFL? Not frequently. Uh, when you go and you look at this, the statistics in that game in Week 16, the Giants put up more total total yards at 445. Uh, they enter the postseason top five defense on third down conversion rate for their opponents. Top five defense in the red zone, believe it or not. They're coming in uber healthy. Dexter Lawrence, Ojolari, Thibodeau, you name it. They're all going to be ready to go. Adoree Jackson is back. Uh, this is a Daniel Jones offense that has the least turnover ratio in the NFL. Yeah, believe that at 7%. I find that hard to believe, but it's the truth. 
I also like Daniel Jones overpassing yards. Why? Well, he passed for over 300 in, in week 16. I think he picks up where he leaves off. Uh, the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are dealing with some injuries in their secondary, especially with Harris. Even if he does play, he's not 100%. Um, and this Vikings defense, 30th in yards per, per play allowed, 28th in score rate. And they've allowed 73 plays of 20-plus yards 73 of 20 plus yards. And again, this might surprise you, but Daniel Jones is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in exclusive in, in, in um, explosive passing plays. I know some people might be um, surprised to hear that. So I do like Daniel Jones over 241 and a half passing yards. Also Dexter Lawrence and Thibodeau both to get a sack. Um, I, I think they're going to get after Kirk cousins through this offensive line. They sacked him four times in week 16, I think we see a lot more of that as well. 800-919-3776. We'll continue with your calls. Let's go to Dylan. Dylan, welcome in. Hi, how are you? Great. Awesome. So I have a statement back to the Jets point. I really do not believe we are a Derek Carr away from a Super Bowl. We're a Derek Carr away from a I, I never said I never said exit. that. Okay, but I never no, said you guys I, were I a Derek Carr away that, from a Super Bowl. No, I know other Jet fans really want uh, Derek Carr, but the end goal is to go to a Super Bowl. You don't, like, want to just be average, maybe make a playoff game, and then go back. I think that's what we've been doing for a long time is trying to make the playoffs and not really just get players to to win a Super Bowl. And that's a problem here. And I really think that win streak this year really threw us off for a reason because I think we should have just been really bad this year, have really good players, bright spots, but fire the whole coaching staff and go get Sean Payton because we're going to be bad for a long, long time after this year. I could just, I could just tell we're at, there's, we're not young in the right places. There's too many questions, and I don't know why we're not going to get Sean Payton right now. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, Sean Payton wants to go coach the, the the Chargers, Dylan, and wouldn't you? With Justin Herbert there, and Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. And Austin Eckler and a top ten offensive line. If you're Sean Payton, oh, let me go to let me go let me go to, to cold New York and and coach and, and coach a Jets team that um has Zach Wilson. <laughs> or let me go to sunny LA and SoFi Stadium. Listen, I, I went to a game in SoFi Stadium this season. That stadium is no joke. Like, like I was in awe just, just being in that stadium, let alone Justin Herbert and, and, and the crew that he's working with. So here, here is how I think this plays out. I think Staley is, is going to get, I, like, well, a few things. Number one, and I'm going to get into my picks and my plays in regards to today's games as well. We've got Joe Wiz, who's going to be joining us on the 2 o'clock hour. He's going to give us his plays. I'm going to give you my plays heading into this matchup. So definitely stay tuned for the two o'clock hour. But I, I, I don't, I don't have a side here with the chargers and, and the Jags because Mike Williams is going to be inactive. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't I don't have a, a, a true conviction here in regard to who's going to win between the chargers and the Jags. I have a small lean towards the chargers, but nothing immense. Okay. If the chargers lose, I do believe Staley's gone. And I think Sean Payton will be the next head coach of the Chargers. 
I don't know how far Staley has to go in this postseason with the Chargers before you reach that line of the ownership saying, okay, well, you know, Staley took us this far. I think the fact that he played all his starters last week and, and Mike Williams got hurt, I think he's on the hot seat because of that. Anita, let me ask you this question real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that both the Chargers and the Cowboys lose. And McCarthy's out with the Cowboys and Staley's out in L.A. If you're Sean Payton, where do you go? I'm sorry. One more. So, so I'm sorry. So you're saying who? One more time. Cowboys' job is open, and the Chargers' job is open. Which oh, you go. Oh, you you? go. You go. You go to the Chargers. You know why? Because you don't. The way that Jerry Jones operates, I don't think that's going to sit well with with uh, with Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton needs to be his own man. He he doesn't. You know, I think it takes a very unique coach to be able to coach in Dallas with the way that Jerry Jones uh, like is involved in everything. Unless, unless Jerry Jones and Sean Payton come to some type of agreement where Jerry just does not have a lot of say, if any, which I I just, I, I, I know that's, he's, it's just not who he is. I don't see that happening. You don't think he would take a step back the way that he did with uh, like Jimmy Johnson or something like that? I don't think he can. I don't think it's in his makeup. I don't think it's in his DNA, Jerry Jones, to take a step back. I think I think he I think he needs I think he needs to have a say. I think he needs to be in the mix. I just I don't know. I don't I, know. I just, the appeal of the stars it, it, it's a massive appeal if you're and, a head and coach. I don't like. And I like granted, I get Dallas, the stadium, the team, you know, all all the things that the Dallas Cowboys bring to the equation. But are you seeing the season that Dak Prescott's having right now? Like, I think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. If I I'm, think if, so if, too. If, and he's but... and he's a lot young. And he's a lot younger. Like, think about it. Like, Sean goes to the Chargers. You know, he's got a he's got a good he's got a good ten years there to coach. With a quarterback who arguably is top ten in the NFL, I think you can argue top five um, when he's playing at his best. The only thing that I would say is the weapons, the group around Herbert is a lot more injury prone than it is in Dallas. So you know that the skill position guys are at least going to play. You know, you might not know if Keenan Allen's going to play or Mike Williams or even Austin Eckler's had some concussion issues. So it. And the defense in Dallas is slightly better than it is in, in L.A. to me. That's the only – I think it's easier to win now in Dallas than it is in L.A., even though the quarterback situation is better with the Chargers. I hear you. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Sal in Duchess. Sal, welcome in. How are you doing? Good morning, Anita. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good. Uh, quick question. I mean, I know you guys are all – everybody's hooked up on the, on the Giants. And this is going to be my, you know how they say every butthead has its suggestion or opinion? Well, for some, you know, like I said, I think it's going to be all Minnesota today, for one. What and, do you mean? You mean Sunday? I'm sorry, Sunday. Yes, at 4, 4.30, whatever, not Sunday. Now, people are going to say, why? Why do you think so? That's, you know, just like I think that for some reason the Ravens are going to find a way to win. And Brady's going to find a way to win. Like I said, everybody has has an opinion. So 
that's mine. And the next thing is, I, I know you like um, Philly and the Chargers. I, I know you said you picked them to go all the way. Now, do you think the Giants are going to, you know, because the, the next time they meet, if they win this game, then in the next game they will be Philly. Do you think they have a, any kind of chance against Philly or, you, or, you know, you still keep them in a game? What, yeah, that, I- yeah, I, I and, and it's a good question, Sal. And, and what Sal's talking about is prior to the season, I, I like to play a lot of futures bets. And prior to the season, my Super Bowl matchup was Chargers-Eagles. And I got that at 90-1. to 1. So obviously I'm, I'm cheering for the Chargers to represent the AFC because obviously a payoff of 90-1, to 1, I laid $100 on it. That's a nice payoff for me. So, uh, you know, um, at this stage of the game, where we are in, in the landscape of the playoffs – Right now, I, I, I'm leaning more towards Cincinnati. I, I, like, I like how Cincinnati is playing right now. I think they've got a, a, a nice first-round matchup against the Ravens that I believe that they're going to win. <clears throat> um, and I just think they're coming in hot right now. Um, and I do like the 49ers, so I'm worried, I'm worried that it's going to be a Cincinnati 49ers Super Bowl. Um, so, but with that being said, yes, you're right. So, Giants fans, if the Giants win tomorrow against Minnesota and Seattle beats, uh, and, and the San Francisco 49ers beat Seattle, the next matchup for the Giants is the Eagles. I, I don't, I, Eagle, to me, Eagles win, but I do believe the Giants can keep it close. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants upset the Eagles. I would not be shocked. You've got Jalen Hurts, who hasn't been playing for a few weeks, he's still dealing with a shoulder issue. Even though this week was a bye week, in essence, for them, uh, for him, he hasn't played. Well, actually, not this week. I mean, he hasn't played since Christmas, right? Like, he's been on the shelf for a while. So, um, and he's been dealing with that shoulder issue. Will he be ready to go next week? I don't think he'll be 100%. If Seattle upsets the 49ers, which I don't think happens, then the Giants' next matchup will be the winner of Dallas and the Bucks. And I got the Bucks upsetting the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Just my two cents. So... <clears throat> you got a Dallas team. They're only able to put up six points against Washington, please. So um, I, here, here's my answer to you. I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants upset the Philadelphia Eagles, but no, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles advancing and winning. I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers in the NFL championship game, in, in the NFC championship game. Uh, more calls coming in. We'll continue with you. Um, I'll bump Cynthia Freeland to the next segment so we can try to get these calls in. Ira, Bobby, Danny, Richard, hang tight. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaker 
Lightning Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We'll continue with your calls. We're going to hear from Cynthia Freeland in about 10 minutes, so stay tuned for that. You can see her all over the NFL Network and uh, with a, is with us each and every Saturday afternoon. All right, uh, so uh, let's go. Richard's been holding on for, for, for a hot second. So let's go to Richard. Richard, welcome in. Good afternoon. How you doing? Hi, Anita. Uh, out of the six games this weekend, Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, it's the one-year anniversary of one of the best weekends I've ever seen in sports. Last week, the Super uh, Playoff uh, Wild Card Weekend. And if you remember, we had the Cincinnati-Tennessee game on Saturday afternoon and the Green Bay-San Francisco game Saturday night. Those were two great games, eight hours of great football. That was fantastic. I hope this, this Saturday, today, lives up to the same thing. Out of the six games, though, the one game I would bet on is the Jaguars. I like them as a home underdog. I look at them a little bit like Cincinnati last year, a young, upcoming quarterback. No one's giving them any credit. They're obviously not as good as Cincinnati was last year, but I would take them. It's the best pick that I see. You're giving them points, and they're home. And Lawrence is on an upswing. He's playing great ball, so I don't see any reason for him to stop. I don't see the Sandy, uh, the uh, Charger defense being able to stop him. Now, as far as the six games, if I were to bet, I would bet analytically here. I would take all six underdogs. And what would I be getting for my money? I'd be getting added all six cumulatively 40 points. So I'll be getting 40 points in six games, roughly six and a half, seven points a game. I'll be getting two, two home underdogs. So I'll be getting two home teams plus 40 points for all six games. That's how I would swing. I'll call you next week and let you know how I do, all right, Anita? <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank- all right, Richard, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, you're up. Welcome in. How you doing? Uh, after that, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh, listen first of all i just want to let you know i'm so good at women's shoes that my wife lets me pick out after she does the assignment and gets herself all dolled up she'll walk out of the bedroom with two pairs of shoes on and say which one do you like better and basically goes with whatever i say can you imagine that yeah i can and a couple a, a couple of weeks ago she had two different types of work boots it was like a little jean outfit and i made my decision she got distracted we left Three hours later, we realized she didn't change. She had two different shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, I don't know what that was all about, but I think that if I was going to wager this weekend, and I am, I think the Buffalo-Miami game has the best chance of looking like the uh, NC. Because Miami will not move the ball. They can't score. So Buffalo, just on the volume of chances they're going to get, and like the, like the experts said a few minutes ago, they have no problem passing up 28-3. to three. They keep throwing the ball like the old Patriots with Brady. So that game, to me, is a no-brainer that they're going to win, and they're going to win heavily, and they're going to be emotional with that kid. I believe he's going to be there, he's gonna, or he's going to be televised in the locker room. But look for Buffalo to go out and win that game 40-3. to that, that's, where, that's where my money is going. I also have, some, I also have San Francisco uh, to win the championship game. It's funny because they're actually the – the money line favorite now to win the NFC, even though the Eagles aren't even playing this week because of the uncertainty surrounding their quarterback. So that, that that's an anomaly. Uh, 
I don't know what else to say. We started this in August, and here we are. It's Wild Card Weekend. I hope we have some great games to enjoy. Uh, Jaguars is the least game I would touch. I don't know what you're getting. There's so many teams in the playoffs this year that they could be good and bad, not only in separate games, but during the season. Tampa Bay has done nothing for games in the fourth quarter but unstoppable. The Cowboys, I don't know what's going on with that team. There's so many teams that you don't know what they're going to do. I know what Buffalo is going to do. That's where my hard-earned money is going to go. Everybody enjoy the games. Danny, thanks for the call. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, welcome in. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Nita. I'm looking forward to the games. I wish the Jets were playing, but you know what happened with that season. I, I kind of agree with you with the Bengals, but I, I think I'm just going to go with the Bills because of the Hamlin situation, <clears throat> and I think San Francisco will be facing them. But, you know, just getting to the Jets and the Derek Carr, listen, Derek Carr would be top on my list. I Garoppolo, nothing against him. He, you know, he's not going to give you 17 games. And pretty much Lamar Jackson's not realistic. Aaron Rodgers is realistic. I think people are underestimating Derek Carr. I mean, I think he's had a really good career so far. Um, listen, I can't with Josh McDaniels, what happened this year? With, you know, listen, there was a new system. Maybe it didn't fit him. I uh, would hire Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator. He had success with Derek Carr out in the, with the Raiders, and you bring him to New York with the with the skill position players they have. Listen, Salah still has to pick up his game. I still have concerns about his coaching, but at the end of the day, um, I, I, I just think I'm not taking a chance of hit, having him hit the open market. There's a good chance the Patriots may be looking for a quarterback. I don't like this Mac Jones story. And Belichick, I wouldn't be surprised if he trades him. And I don't want to be in a bidding war to get a quarterback between the Patriots. So if I'm Joe Douglas, right now you could get caught. I'm giving up a second and a third-round pick, maybe a two this year and a three next year. If I have to throw something else in, I do it, and I get him on board now because I, I just don't want to take the chance. There's only two or three quarterbacks that will be available, and if the Jets are in the bidding war, I know Woody said he'll write an, an empty check. Um, I don't want to take that chance. I want my guy now. Go trade for Derek Carr right now. Ira, I, I like Derek Carr. Just it depends, you know. He's he's you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for him. Number one, thanks for the phone call, and and again, you're gonna have to trade for him. Uh, let's go to Keith. Keith, welcome in. Anita, sun's Hi. out, clubs out. How you been? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Quick question. You know, um, Tampa Dallas game. Everyone and their mother, it seems like 63% of the betting public is all over Tampa. Tom Brady, you know, is he finding the fountain of youth? Because, you know, he's thrown, what, twice over 300 yards this year? Now all of a sudden, you know, you do have a Dallas team that's reeling who hasn't won, you know, a playoff game in, what, 20 years? But on paper, they just look like they should blow the barn doors off of Tampa. That does not look to be that good of a team. What are your thoughts? I just I, here's here's the thing, Keith. I'm a really and thanks for the phone call. I'm a really big believer in coming into the postseason hot. You know what we're seeing. You know with the Chargers, right? Chargers coming into the postseason hot, and, and a big reason why Keenan Allen back in action for them, and defensively they're getting healthier with Joey Bosa now back in action for them. The Bengals getting hot. They finished the season as one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. I'm a really big believer in that. So now you got a Dallas Cowboys team. They've lost two of four, and they're coming in with only scoring six points against Washington, and they were playing their starters, by the way. 
And I'm sure they were scoreboard watching and seeing that the Giants and the Eagles game was pretty close. So they were playing for something, knowing that if by chance the Giants would upset the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, the, that number one seed in the, in, in the AFC East was available to them. So I just, I just, I don't like, I don't like how and why and how this, this Dallas Cowboys team's coming into the postseason. I don't like it. And, and not, that, again, the Bucks are in this because they play in a god-awful division. They played in any other division. The Bucks and Tom Brady would not be here. But as we know, there's something about Tom Brady in the postseason, and I just don't like the way Dak, Dak Prescott, 15 interceptions in 12 games. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for a quarterback making as much money as he is. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Anthony. Anthony, welcome in. Anita, how are you? I'm great. Good. Um, so I have a I don't even know what to call it. I don't think I'm just going to get to the point. I don't think Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy are as different as everyone is claiming now. Granted, you asked me the question. I'm a Cowboys fan, by the way. You asked me a question, who would I want, Sean Payton or Mike McCarthy? I want Sean Payton because I don't know what he can do with this team or what he would be able to do. But if you look up the stats side-by-side for careers, they're almost identical, and it actually surprised the living heck out of me when I looked it up with McCarthy and Payton. So I don't think that it's really that much of a question, you know, uh, you know, this, this Sean Payton uh, being brought up like, like he's Bill Belichick to everyone. Not saying you are, I'm just saying, you know, in general. Anthony, all I'm saying, and thanks for the phone call, quick break, we're going to come back, we're going to come back with Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. Her and I are going to go down the entire slate of games getting you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. All I'm saying is, I'm hearing from a number of people that owners want Sean Payton, right? It's going to be a bidding war for Sean Payton, but keep in mind, teams are going to have to, to trade for him. And definitely a first-round pick. Definitely a first-round pick, if not more. Maybe a first and a third, a first and a fourth. Who knows? But teams are going to have to trade with the Saints in order to get his services. Also, there's some talk and speculation. He might go back to New Orleans. He's interviewing with the Saints. That's a possibility. He goes back home. We'll see what happens. Anyway, um, hang tight. We're gonna, I'm going to continue with your calls throughout the show, I promise. Uh, we come back, Cynthia Freeland is going to join us. Uh, like I said, we're going to go through the entire slate of games and get you ready for this weekend. Stay tuned uh, here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's always on Saturday. Cynthia Freeland joins us, uh, and we are going to break down the entire slate of Super Wild Card Weekend. Why not? We've got her. Let's take advantage. You see her all over the NFL network. Cynthia, let's start first and foremost with the Seattle Seahawks going into San Francisco. Weather conditions are not supposed to be nice. Uh, Torrential downpour. This game is supposed to be sloppy and ugly. 49ers favored by 9.5. The over-unders at 42. What are you looking at in this matchup? Well, I'm looking at Elijah Mitchell particular numbers because when I'm looking at Mitchell, it's kind of interesting to see that since 2021, no player has more yards after the after contact on each rush, so per rush, than him. And I don't know if necessarily they'll be thinking about him as much as maybe they'll have their eye on, say, George Kittle, who had two touchdowns against them the last time they met up. So I'm in this game, and I'm, I'm really dialing in that particular number. I think it's probably going to be too low. So unless it's something like in the 50s, then I think I'm going to – I like that one a lot. And I also think that this is a game where if you look to see how much zone defense is played by the Seahawks, it's interesting because Brock Curry has done a really nice job against actually both man and zone. And so I'm interested to see that number too because I think Brock Purdy throws for, you know, somewhere like 230, 240, something like that. So I'm looking more individuals in this because I do think it's a Seahawks win – the number just seems a little too big for me for a playoff number. So, um, so a few things. Number one, Elijah Mitchell, uh, his over under rush total is thirty six and a half. Over. So you're not you're not you're not worried about Christian McCaffrey and and all the volume that he's going to get. I think there'll be enough volume for both of them. I also think that you want to say, okay, in this matchup, you know, look, it, it's it, they they've seen the Seahawks now twice. They've beaten the Seahawks twice. They have a lot of different looks in their arsenal. Let's say prioritize being healthy. And I think doing that means not over-utilizing or overworking Christian McCaffrey. 38 is not a lot. If the number were 50, I would say you guys stay away. But I think 38, something in the low, in the 40s, 50s is where he will end up. That's, where, that's what I believe. Yeah, so again, Elijah Mitchell, 36 and a half uh, total rushing yards. And uh, Cynthia says, over, baby. Brock Purdy, boy, is he Purdy. Uh, folks might not be aware of this, but from the moment that he has uh, been under center starting for the 49ers, he has he's he's number one in so many statistical categories uh, with quarterbacks since he started with the 49ers. It's really, really unbelievable considering that he was Mr. Irrelevant over under 227 and a half passing yards. So you're saying over there as well, Cynthia, right? I am. I like the interesting part about this one is that if you look to see what he's done since becoming the starter, he actually has the most passing touchdowns using pre-snap motion or shift. So if you're looking to see, like, hey, this is like, dear Kyle Shanahan, thank you for making me awesome, sincerely, Brock Purdy, because that's really all about scheme. And that's something where the Seahawks have been susceptible against such motions and that type of scheming. All right. Uh, game number two on Saturday. It's the evening game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. The Chargers going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're coming to Florida, uh, and they are favored, the Chargers are, by two. The over-under is 47.5. What's your play here, or plays? My play in this one is to take the, jar- the Jags. I think they win outright in the upset. Whoa. I'm not looking at 
I'm not overvaluing week three. I don't think that it's going to be this route like last time. The charters are significantly healthier. I still think, though, that the difference now has been how they've been able to get Actually, in this last one, you did see multiple touchdown passes to different receivers. I think that the trick that they've been able to pull off is using play action, targeting different pass catchers, and getting Trevor Lawrence to stay away from pressure. Yes, Cam Robinson is not playing a left tackle, and that is not ideal for anyone, really. But at the end, well, I guess if you're, it, it is if you're a Chargers, if you're hoping the Chargers win. But the reality is, is I also seen a number of, you know, injuries to the, the Joey Bosa, whether or not he's hurt or not, or dressed, he did appear on the injury report earlier this week. So I don't know. I think it's going to be tougher if they get play action going and you know you can run on the Chargers. And Travis Etienne has showed you that. So I actually think the the Jags pull off the upset here. Whoa, and you could get the Jags on the money line at plus 115. Just FYI. Let's go. So if you want to keep your stinking two points and play them on the money line, it's plus 115. On Sunday, we kick it off with the Miami Dolphins, the Mammals, heading to the Northeast, taking on a Buffalo Bills team in frigid, freezing conditions, snow expected, you know, all the things, Cynthia, all the things. Um, This is a Buffalo Bills team. Now they're favored by 13 because Skylar Thompson is going to get the start. No Tua, no Teddy Bridgewater. So that line now has jumped. It was was nine earlier today. It's jumped up to 13, Cynthia. Over-under is 47. Uh, What what plays out here for you? It's not good for the Dolphins fans. Like, obviously, you know, look, if you want, if you're looking for, if you're hoping for a playoff win, it seems very unlikely given the challenges. Plus, the O-line has been banged up. Plus, I mean, there's just a ton of different things that are at play here. I will say something that's interesting about this defense for the Dolphins is that they've only allowed one deep reception t- touchdown, deep receiving touchdown, so 20-plus area touchdown this season, which is tied for the best in the league in the past two seasons, in fact. Um, one deep receiving touchdown is, like, really, really, really interesting. So if you're thinking about maybe, like, you know, what a Stephon Diggs would do if you're playing daily fantasy, just remember that they're not going to pop, probably need those deep passing touchdowns. So potentially that limits the upside of a guy like Stephon Diggs for daily fantasy. But I think that what you'll see in this one is probably another Dawson Knox touchdown. I like the opportunity of them using him to target that linebacker level of the defense and keep Josh Allen out from throwing interceptions. Josh Allen actually has five red zone interceptions this season. One thing I'll be watching from the Bills is to make sure they can keep everybody clean and not get themselves in that weird pressure situation. you got to stop throwing turnovers to go deep in this playoff. I like that. Um, I've actually already put in a bet in Knox touchdown and Bills win outright, and I got that, I want to say, at plus 110 or, or something like that. So, so I'm with you there. And then, um, and then let's look at game number two. I'm excited for this one. The Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings at home getting three. The over-unders at 48. Cynthia, I feel that the Giants should have won in week 16. Of course, what are you going to do? A block punt, unfortunately, against them. And, of course, uh, then the 61-yard field goal by the Minnesota Vikings. Can the, can the Vikings pull it off again? Uh, I, I actually like the Giants getting the points. What say you? Oh, I'm totally with you. I think, actually, the Giants win this one straight up. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. popular in Minnesota. Vikings fans already think I hate them. I don't hate them. I just don't value the fact that, like, with the, the significant pressure percentage differential with the quarterback. I think Justin Jefferson, if he doesn't win offensive MVP, like offensive player of the year, I then the, the, the voters are wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, you need to be able to – Kirk Cousins needs to get him the ball. 
So I'm looking at this game, and I'm looking at the fact that last time you already saw Justin Jefferson have a very nice stat line in their last matchup, and the Giants were still in it. Also, for whatever reason, they decided to give Saquon Barkley and this offense like a ton of light box. Saquon Barkley had 14 rushes against the light box, or 10 of his 14 rushes came against the light box. Uh, okay, give him a light box all the time. You know what Brian Dable's going to do? He's going to say run. So when I'm looking at this game and also the emergence of, like, Isaiah Hodgins, who obviously Dable knows from the from his Bills past, but I'm looking at all of those things, and I actually think that the Giants are poised to pull off the upset. I might take the three points just because I like a little insurance, but I think that this one is, is a really interesting game, and I think the Giants, I think the Giants pull off the upset. I like it. I like it. Lockstep with you. Uh, the evening Super. game on Sunday is the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, of course, uh, not expecting Lamar Jackson to start. And at the end of the day, and let, let me give it out right now before we start really breaking this down, Cincinnati is favored by 8.5 at home. The over-under is 40.5. Earlier today, this was 7-under. It's moved up a point and a half. But with that being said, like at, at the end of the day, Cynthia, even if Lamar Jackson was healthy enough to start and play, I don't know if he would be the best option considering he hasn't practiced in five weeks. And the last time he played in, in a game was December 4th. How are you playing this one? I'm staying away from this one because it's now gotten too rich for my blood. Also, look, I, I know Mark Andrews is back, allegedly, and same with J.K. Dobbins, allegedly. But like, I don't know what they're going to be able to do in this situation, given that We've seen some, I mean, you've just seen a lot of different injuries all over kind of the offense and the defense. I don't trust their injury report till 90 minutes before the game. So, and not because I think they're trying to be shady. I just think that they're in that precarious situation where guys are like 60%. Like, other than Roquan Smith, you know, and, and their defense has played well, they're still, their secondary is super susceptible. I just think this is a game that I think 40 is probably, honestly, about right. I'm a little surprised this ended up being the night game because I don't think it will be the most interesting game of the day. But, you know, I, I don't know how that all works with the schedule. But, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Lamar, but I, I think we'll have to wait until next season to, to see Lamar on whatever team he's on, be it the Ravens so, or not. So you, so you have no play here. You're not – no play in the game, no prop bet, nothing. I mean, the, the one thing that I like is I think that there's probably a really good opportunity here to see a little bit more from T. Higgins. I think they're going to – you know, you saw him be targeted last game. I think T. Higgins, this is a contract year. It's been a very emotional few weeks. I think that maybe a T. Higgins, like, I like the idea of a T. Higgins touchdown in this one. Not to say that Jamar Chase won't be awesome because Jamar Chase is awesome, but I think that, you know, you got to, you got to, going into these, you know, deeper playoff runs, I think, like, you know, get that connection back so that it's solved. You got all your pass catchers in ready and in form. I like it. I like it. I like where you're going with that. Last but not least, on Monday night, the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay home dogs at two and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. Dak Prescott has just looked god-awful this season. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't think the Tampa Bay Bucks haven't done much either. But nonetheless, the way that Dak's been playing and the injuries that they have, I'm leaning towards the Tampa Bay Bucks. The over-under is 45 and a half. What's your play here? You, re- you ready for this one? I have. I'm glad we're not we're not out in Dallas, right? Like, because I'm. I mean, we're out in you know L.A., New York, like things like that, right? Because Dallas is going to hate me, and Michael Irvin's going to hate me too. But I have Tampa Bay upsetting Dallas in this one, and I actually think Sean Payton becomes the coach there come like Tuesday morning. So you know, look, like the the reality of the situation is Dak Prescott's from 15 interceptions, which is tied for the league lead. And remember, he missed a bunch of games with an injury. So that is 
a problem. It's also a problem that's compounded by the fact that when you look to see, the, the this team kind of goes the way the pressure goes. And whoever wins that pressure battle, well, you think, oh, Micah Parsons, the interior of this O-line for the Bucks is susceptible. Yeah, they absolutely are, but the tackles are not. And I think those tackles and them being in place is a huge difference maker in this matchup. And I think that the Bucks do just enough with their run game to get their pass game going. And we see that connection from Mike Evans. We you know, Trayvon Diggs can jump his route, and they're missing a corner. They've been missing him for a while now. And if you get that kind of, okay, come in, get rid of Chris Godwin, try to bracket him, bring in some extra men to defend him, oh, then you got to worry about Mike Evans over your head. So I think this is like a GOAT winning and, and keeping the, you know, the Cowboys have not won a road playoff game since 1992, and I don't think it happens to, this week. Tom Brady 7-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys, right? So, uh, yes, so just out of this is forty-eight start, forty-eight—that's bananas. Playoff start. It is. It is bananas. Uh, really quick, when you said you think Sean Payton will be the head coach come come <laughs> Tuesday morning, you're talking about for the Dallas Cowboys, right? That's right. I mean, look, it's spicy, but I think that I think this is stuff, like, look, if anyone wants to win, it's Jerry Jones. So I and Sean Payton is the hottest name. Everybody's trying to interview him, and he's going to be the the, the prize possession coach. So. If somehow Dallas doesn't win, I think that I, that could happen. I mean, whatever. I think maybe I just want a little bit of mayhem and fun, but I think it could be fun. Uh, before I let you go, regard to futures bets, right? Like, so just full disclosure, um, I, I picked the Chargers and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I got that at 90 to 1 before the season began. Right, na- right now, I'm looking at Eagles 49ers to rep the NFC at 2-1. to one. I'm looking at Cincinnati and KC to rep the AFC at plus 310. Those are some right wh- where I sit right now. This is, this is what I'm feeling. What about you? Well, I, I like where your head's at. I think it's interesting to pick, like, you know, obviously, to me, it's some permutation of, you know, Buffalo, Cincinnati, or the Chiefs. And I have the Chiefs as most likely. So, very, very interesting on all three of those. And for me, it's the Niners that are the most likely. I did a bunch of math, and my math kind of pointed out that, like, actually, it's weird. But the Niners, you know, they have if, – if they make it to the Super Bowl, they win more often than if the Eagles do. So it's Niners or Eagles for me there, and it's, and it's uh, one of the three for the AFC. All right, I want to thank Cynthia Freeland for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up, uh, we'll open up, first of all, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Also, we're about to kick off hour number three. Mama Mimi's going to join us on the show. She'll give us her take with that Buffalo Bills, her Miami Dolphins. She <laughs> Dolphins have a chance. Even though my mom's a fan, she is brutally honest about her mammals. That's for sure. And of course, Joe Wiz, as always, joins us at 2.30. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Anita Marks with you, 90.7 ESPN.